My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 157. Hey folks, and welcome to this edition of My Car Guru. This is the uh, edition between Christmas and New Year's. And I'm getting fired up for New Year's Day. The college football playoff games. Want to know what my predictions are? Well, turn off your radio if you don't. Or turn off the podcast. It's uh, Alabama is going to beat Michigan. Not soundly, but they are going to win. And, you know, I think Texas is going to beat Washington. I think looks like the South is going to rise again in terms of football. Um, of course, Texas heads to the SEC next year. And I think if you win the SEC next year, you will have won the national championship. Now, most of the rest of the country will disagree. But my goodness, is it going to be loaded? And And – you know, some of these teams have just horrendous schedules that they are going to face. Look at Florida's schedule. I mean, it is just brutal. And they get to come to Tennessee where we're going to beat them. We're going to get revenge for this year. Okay. Well, we'll get off football and let's talk about the mailbag and facts. You know what facts are, right? Frequently asked, asked questions. I just went through my email. All the different questions that I got, and a lot, I got a lot of text messages too. More text really than email because uh, my phone number is so easy to remember, 423-552-2020. So you can send me a text like these people did. But yeah, I had a bunch of good questions over the year. We've talked about a lot of them, but we're going to review because I think it's important. One of the most important, really one of the most frequent ones that I get is about buying used cars, how to keep from buying the wrong used car, specifically how to not buy a lemon. And this advice is important because, you know, that's used to be one of the big reasons people traded is because they just their car wasn't reliable or they had a problem car. And so they decided to unload it on some stranger you know, take it to a car dealership. Don't tell them they had problems with it, of course. And then just trade it in. Get a new car and carry on. No guilt there, right? But yeah, uh, how do you tell if somebody did that? Well, the most important way to tell is to test drive the car. You know, make sure that you drive it. Never buy a used car without driving it at least 10 or 15 miles, you know, to make sure that the engine's performing like it should, the transmission is shifting like it should. There's no unusual noises coming from anywhere. The brakes apply evenly. You know, don't jerk the steering wheel out of your hand. The test drive is very important. But it could still be a lemon, right? It could still have excessive oil consumption or something. So how do you find that out? Well, if it's a fairly late model car, I would call the dealership that sells that brand, speak to somebody in the service department, and say... Could you pull the warranty history on this car? I'm thinking about buying it. They'll share it with you. If they won't, they're being jerks. But they should. There's no privacy violation there. You're not using any names. You're just trying to buy a car that the previous owner no longer owns. They'll help you out with that. So what was the car in the shop for? You know, was it a problem car? Did they have it in there for more than one time for the same problem? You know, and then you pull a Carfax or an auto check report from Experian, and that'll tell you the vehicle history 
for the most part. Now, will it tell you if a vehicle has ever been wrecked? No. It just tells you if the if uh, it was wrecked and they turned it into their insurance company, then that is reported. But if they paid for the damages out of pocket, a lot of people do that because they know that it will show up on a Carfax if they turn it into their insurance or their insurance rates may go up. So they don't turn it in. They just fix it. Now, you know, should you be worried if it had front-end damage or, you know, a little bit of uh, maybe side impact or something? You know, it depends on the severity of it. Don't buy a car if the airbags went off. You know, if, if it says airbag deployment, steer clear. That's just my recommendation. You know, there are a lot of body shops that will fix cars and not replace the airbags and just uh, turn off the airbag light so that you don't know it. Most These will, will be mostly older cars because, um, you know, it's just really expensive to replace those airbags if they deploy. So if you see something on there that says airbag deployment, uh, find another car. What else? Call the previous owners. You know, just call them and ask them, was it a good car? Usually, people will be honest with you and say, no, you know, it was kind of a problem. Had some oil usage issues. And there's some tests that you can do if you want to take it to a mechanic. Have them do a compression test on the engine, especially if it's an older car. Make sure it's, you know, got good compression, that the oil pressure is good. Maybe it doesn't have an oil pressure gauge. Maybe it just has a light. But you want to make sure oil pressure, compression, is really good. And if it's had, you know, if it's got an excess of 100,000 miles, was the timing belt ever changed? You know, a lot of cars have t um, maintenance required on the timing belt. You have to replace it. I don't know why manufacturers did that. Most older cars had timing chains, and you didn't have to replace them at all. Never had to worry about them. But timing belts will break. You know what happens if the timing belt breaks on a car? Well, you've got pistons going up and down, and they're banging against valves that are going up and down because the timing's all off. And uh, that spells disaster for an engine. So, yeah, that's a frequent question. Hopefully that answers your question. Okay, I'm going to take my first break. I'll be back here in just one minute. Okay, let's go down this list and see what else. How can you tell what cars are? Um, does it hurt a truck? to lift it. Have you seen these trucks going down the road that are jacked way up into the sky? My grandchildren, my grandboys, they love monster trucks. But those things are engineered to be lifted. You know, like the typical truck that runs on the street, they're not engineered to be lifted much more than two to three inches. What happens is the drive shafts, the front and rear especially, usually they're lifting a, a four-wheel drive truck. The drive shaft angles get all wrong. Now, anybody that really knows what they're doing is going to make accommodations to prevent that from being an issue. But when they put really wide tires on them and really jack them up high, yeah, it's not good for them. If you're thinking about buying a truck that has been lifted, let's say it's lifted now, and you know that they didn't change too many different things on the suspension, you know, I'm going to want to check a few things first. I'm definitely going to want to test drive it. I would make them lower it and then drive it after it's been lowered and make sure that that the uh, that it rides well, that it handles well, that you don't get a lot of squeaks and, 
and uh, weird noises coming from the suspension. And make sure that you don't get any, any bearing noise. Going down the road, you know, maybe it has a, a roar that you hear that is uh, increases or decreases with speed. That could be that you have some uh, bearing issues in the hub. And also, you know, they could have done some damage to the rear and front rear differential if it's been jacked up too much and run, especially with really, really wide tires or, or wheels that actually uh, push out the, not the wheelbase, but the track. The actual track of the vehicle is actually wider than it's supposed to be. That puts a lot of pressure on those rear diffs and can cause them to go bad. So, yeah, lifting vehicles is not ideal unless it comes from the factory. So just remember that. Okay, what else? Oh, I had a question um, from several people. Can I get leather seats without having to buy a whole new car? You know, this is something I talked about, I don't know, six months ago about. Uh, I put new leather seats on some seats that I got out of a junkyard. It was a 2015 Mustang convertible that had been totaled, but the seats were good. I found them in a junkyard. You know, the leather was red, and it was all rotten. And I was wanting to replace that leather. Well, you know, I was a little bit concerned that there were power seats, and I, I was concerned that the since it had been out in the weather that the mechanisms that, you know, make the power seats work and everything were, were corroded, you know. And so, uh, but I tested them out. I got the, hooked it up to a battery, and they worked just fine. Power seats did. So I ordered leather from this uh, shop in Knoxville called American Radio. I know, they sell leather seats too. And they sell a brand of seats called Catskin with a K. Those seats are amazing. And you can get all different types of stitching, like if you want red seats with black stitching or yellow seats with green stitching, uh, you can get that. You just have to order it. And then they actually come to your house and install it. So they, I got those leather seats out of that Mustang. They were sitting here at the dealership, and they came and put the brand-new seat covers on it. And those are going to go in my 1949 truck that I've been restoring. So, yeah, you don't have to buy a new car to get leather seats, and now you know. Okay, a very common question I get is about fuel. Um, if you are driving a car that does not require premium fuel. If you open it up, it, it, it says that you can use 87 octane fuel. Then don't waste your money using anything else because it's going to run fine on 87. Is it going to run better on, on mid-grade fuel like uh, 90, 89 or 90 octane? No, it's not going to run any better. And if you put premium, is it going to run better? No, it is not. Now, there are some people who say, well, I get better gas mileage when I run premium. Well, how much better? I mean, is it worth it, the difference that you're paying for premium fuel? I guarantee it's not. So don't waste your money. So what is premium fuel for? It's for cars that have high compression engines. You know, it could be, well, like my Porsche, for example. It uses, it requires premium fuel. If you put a regular unleaded or the middle grade, you could actually damage the engine. Just to keep it really simple, lower octane fuels ignite easier than higher octane fuels. And, and basically, the higher octane fuel is designed to work with a compression, an engine that has higher compression, and so that the fuel will burn in a very controlled way. If you put regular unleaded gas in an engine 
that is a high compression engine and needs premium fuel, then that's going to create something called spark knock. And can it's basically the, the gas is igniting too quickly and it causes this knocking noise in the engine, which can damage the cylinder wall and the piston and the valves. There's all kinds of bad things can happen when that happens. So there is a real good reason to use the correct fuel in your car and also good reasons to not waste your money on the premium stuff. So there you go. Okay, what else we got here? Oh, boy. Yeah. So this is a toughie for people, and, and typically it's because they jumped in and bought a car they couldn't afford. But I get, a, well, it's probably at least a couple times a month. I've got this car. I can't afford it. What do I do? I can't make the monthly payments anymore. What do I do? Well, on the short-term basis, you call the bank and you talk to them. And you say, listen, it's I can't afford this car. Is there any way that I could defer a payment? Now, they don't want to hear that, but they would prefer that you do that rather than just miss a payment. And then the phone calls start. Make pre-arrangements with them. It's one good reason to deal with a local bank, even though the interest rates are often higher rather than some big national bank. But you do want to tell them, give them a heads up, and let them know what you're trying to do. It's just the, the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, are they going to penalize you in some way? No, they're pro they may just defer a payment like you ask them to do and give you time to, you know, find a buyer for the car. Immediately start advertising the car. Get it cleaned up first. Get it detailed. Find out exactly what your situation is. You may be close to a break-even situation or may even have some equity. Or you could be way upside down. What do you do then? Well, then... More important to talk to the bank. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to sell this car. I'm going to be short on my payoff. Will you work with me on the difference? Some banks will. Some won't. But it's definitely worth asking to see if they will. You know, if you retail your car yourself, you know, you put it on Auto Trader or put it on Facebook Marketplace, you know, you always run into some obstacles with folks who say, well, do you have the title? No, it's at the bank. You know, what do you do in that case? Well, you have to somehow make arrangements with the bank to get the other people to pay off your loan and send the money, and then they just have to wait on the title. But if there's negative equity, if you owe money, you're going to have to kick some in, and you may just have to go get a personal loan or put up something else that, as collateral for a loan so that you can pay off that negative balance. Otherwise, you're just going to let the car go back as a repo. It's going to destroy your credit for a long period of time. And then, you know, then what are you going to do? Because you, it's going to be hard to get another car financed unless you go to some place that does buy here, pay here financing, and that's really high interest rates and probably not that good of a car. So it's not a great situation to be in. There are options, but you just have to, you know, think it through and call me, and sometimes I can help. Okay, what else? Oh, yeah, I like this one. What is the best vehicle for a new driver? You know, if you've got some young person that's getting ready to get in, in a car the first time, you know, one of the worst things you can do is buy them an antique car because they're just not safe. No airbags, you know, none of the safety features that we have. I wouldn't buy a teen driver anything older than four or five years old so that you can get the latest airbag technology. You know, you buy a car that has 200,000 miles on it. Maybe that's all you can afford. But there are some late model cars that have 200,000 miles on it. If they were properly maintained, they're still good cars. 
they still have good life left in them. I'd rather do that, you know, than buy them a 15-year-old car with the airbag light is on, the check engine light is on. You know, there are some values out there. You just have to look for them. You have to shop around. You have to give yourself enough time to do it and not wait till the last minute. But, yeah, I like giving, uh, you know, if you're going to give somebody a car or get them to, you know, pay something on it or make monthly payments on it, you just got to make sure you put them in something safe. And cars, passenger cars like a, I don't know, a Honda Accord or a Nissan Altima, a Toyota Camry, even a Chevy Malibu or a Ford Fusion, those are safe cars. They handle good. They have good crash ratings, and they're affordable. If you buy them, you know, five or six or even 10 years old, you could go with a car like that. That's safer than a, like a, a truck, you know, that's jacked up off the ground. I know that's what they want to drive, but this is their first car. And they should be slightly ashamed of it, as I've said in the past. You know, you don't want them to be the most popular person at school to take people on rides at lunchtime, like I used to do. Um, it's just not the thing to do. And it's important that they uh, concentrate on the thing that they're designed to do, and that's learn how to drive. Learn how to drive safely. You know, if you can afford to send them to one of those driving schools like they have at Road Atlanta, it's called driver, uh, sophisticated driver education, basically, is what it is. And they teach them how to handle all kinds of different uh, situations that happen, like what to do if you, if you lose traction and you go into a spin. How do you handle the car? What do anti-lock brakes feel like? When you really slam on the brakes, what's happening? And what do you need to do in response? You know, there's so many different things that they need to learn. And I think too often we just, you know, hand them the keys and say, be careful. Hope for the best. That doesn't always work. So, yeah, buy them something that handles good, that has, you know, good safety ratings and is and is economical, you know, so that they can pay for the gas. That's a good idea. Okay, I'll take my last break, and I'll be back here in just a minute. Okay, I am back. I do get a lot of calls about people who have wrecked their cars, and they don't know where to go to get it fixed. And that's critically important. You know, one of the first places would be to call your insurance company and say, who do you all recommend? Or, you know, when you speak to the adjuster, say, and, and they don't, you know, they'll have a list of shops. They can't say that they, well, they're not supposed to, say that they can recommend one over the other. But I know they do that sometimes. But yeah, if you have a, a good relationship with the adjuster, just find out what the list is. If they're on the approved repair list, then they're probably a pretty good body shop. But if you can find a car dealership that has a body shop, sometimes those are the best, especially if it's the same brand of vehicle that you're, or if they sell the same brand of vehicle that you are driving. But if not, there are a lot of good independent shops. Most shops are independent now. They're not affiliated with a car dealership because most car dealers couldn't figure out how to make money with a body shop, including me. But there are many good ones out there in, in our area. Just look for, uh, you know, check with the Better Business Bureau. I would check with the uh, Google ratings and see what people are saying about the body shop. Maybe, I don't know, put something out there on Facebook and say, who do y'all recommend? I've seen that happen a lot in recent times, 
when I'm checking on Facebook, people will say, well, who's a good uh, bug man, you know, to spray for bugs in my house? Who's a good, uh, who would recommend somebody for a body shop? Of course, sometimes it's the body shop people that, that own the shop that are uh, responding uh, for their own benefit, you know, to get you to bring it to them. So, yeah, it does matter because the types of repair that they do, you know, let's say that you wreck an F-150, it's all aluminum body. Do they have the equipment to repair aluminum bodies? Because that's very specific equipment, different types of uh, rivets that they use. They do not use welding, you know, to put the fenders on. They use rivets, and you've got to have that $4,000 rivet gun to be able to put those on right. There are so many different uh, things that you have to be aware of. Also, uh, frame damage. Do they have a laser measuring system? You know, if you know that you have frame damage, what kind of frame equipment do they have? Is it a chief easy liner with a laser measuring system? That's important because that's the best technology that's out there. So, yeah, these types of questions are the ones that I can help you with if you have an issue. Just send me a text message, 423-552-2020, and I'll be glad to help you out. I've been doing it for, what, let's say I've had this radio show for 25 years now and been a car dealer working full-time in the car business for 45 years. And I'm tarred. No, I'm not. I still got plenty left. Give me a call, 423-552-2020, or send me an email to lennylawson2020 at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time on My Car Guru.